Last time on Soy Trick. What's Bill Maher doing with that dog's dick? I'm the patron saint of mediocrity. Data, engage the prostate protocols. <laughs> That's not the only thing I can shave. New York, New York. Well, time to make 9-11 happen. <laughs> now, back to Soy Trick. But today we watched it. Star Trek Insurrection F. Mary Abraham and me Uh, yeah, so, uh, here we are Back in, um, Star Trek Insurrection mm-hmm. Uh, yeah Painful erection Yeah, last, last we saw, uh, fucking, uh, Picard had given up his commission As captain because, uh, you know, he doesn't like his orders. doesn't like his marching orders from the Admiral. No. Yeah, so he's going to make 9-11 happen. He's going to do the right thing, I guess. The right thing. <laughs> uh, so aboard the Sona flagship, Bill Maher is back in the body shop uh, mm-hmm. getting some plastic surgery done. As a glowing piece of equipment is placed over his head, one of the ship's Tarlac servants activates it, stretching Bill Maher's face. Sitting up, Bill Maher is glad to see his old friend Gallatin, uh, who we'll just call Gelatin for the rest, because it's <laughs> close de- enough. And he does look like Gelatin. He does definitely look like a b- big bowl of Jello. Like so. the hands, like the face stretching. I think at this scene, you also see like the back. You can see like the back of Rufo's skull. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, his you mean skull. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. You can see the back. Of, you can see Bill Maher's skull, uh-huh. and like the skin is just stretched over a skeleton, which yeah, I think which is, is pretty cool, pretty fucking sick. And, and that's probably, why they have, that's why they have those weird hoods. It's probably not that far from the real Bill Maher either. No, I'm sure that dude does have like a skin knot at the back. Oh, of his head. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Like that's it's so gross. I want to see what the skin knot looks like. Uh-huh. Like what so would you happen? Can jerk if, off to it. What would happen if you're bald though, and you get like get a skin knot? Hmm. I don't know. You would just have like a weird knot at the back of your head. Like a dog's knot. <laughs> naughty by nature. <laughs> you think naughty by nature is about a dog's penis? <laughs> um, so sitting up, Bill Maher is glad. Uh, so. Gelatin reminds Bill Maher that he was not hurt, but tells him that it was not pleasant being among the Baku. Bill Maher tells him not to worry about the hollow ship any longer and says, just get the holding cells ready. Mm-hmm. On board the Cousteau, which is the captain's yacht that everyone seems to forget about. And this is like the only, only th- time we actually see it. Basic. Well, I mean, they, they take it out once, I think, in TNG. I think once. But yeah, it's very rare. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> on the Cousteau, named after Jack Cousteau, uh, the <laughs> captain's yacht, uh, Picard is out of uniform preparing to go to the surface alone. Beaming supplies onto the yacht, he opens a cargo container and checks the contents. It's all phaser rifles. All the way down, baby. Bunch of them. The large aft hatch suddenly opens, revealing Jordy, Riker, uh, Deanna, Worf, Dr. Crusher, and Data, each ready to help their captain defend the Baku. And they know exactly what decisions he's going to make because they're all dressed appropriately. They certainly are. Without even giving getting the orders yet. A hundred percent. They're very good at that. <laughs> yeah. So, found out, Picard orders his command crew to return to their quarters, but as Riker says, no uniform, no orders. Each is prepared to risk their career to stand behind Picard, not just stand behind him, do other things behind him as well. But Data notes they might have all been affected by the radiation. 
except for him, who tells the crew to saddle up. Picard begrudgingly accepts his crew's help. He orders Riker in the forge to take the Enterprise out of the Briar Patch to contact Starfleet Command and let them know the details of Doherty's nefarious plan. Mm. The rest of them go with Picard to the surface. And I actually think this was a great idea, leaving no one but Jordy and Riker to do like the actual action. Mm-hmm. That was that was a good plan. Yeah, but I did like that they knew exactly that they would be staying because they were in uniform, mm-hmm. and all the people he took with the surface are wearing the civilian garb, which is very strange. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he did that for a reason. Maybe he's like you two in uniform, stay here. Yeah, um, um, I don't want to overthink things right now. You made the decision for me. Let's go with. Yep, Let's do it. Yep, you too. <laughs> Sounds good. So, in a small tactical room adjacent to the Sonus flagship main bridge, Bill Maher and Doherty watch a monitor. On the screen, pornography. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't the skin ain't the only thing they can stretch. Yeah. Uh, so, on the screen, a simulation of the metaphasic extraction plays out for them. Gelatin enters carrying a large pad because he's on his period. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, and Bill Maher shares the good news, saying, the injector performs perfectly in every simulation. The injector being a turkey baster full of cum. <laughs> uh, Jelton hands him the pad, telling him to stick it up his bloody pussy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, telling him that the captain's yacht has disengaged from the Enterprise before the ship departed. Bill Maher is furious, ordering Gelatin to take a team of shuttles to the surface to capture the Baku and take the planet by force, adding, new rule, if Picard or any of his people interfere, eliminate him. <laughs> uh, on the surface, Knight is once again falling over the Baku village. Tornell is high in a tower. By that, I mean he's smoking weed in a tower. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only place he can. Yeah, that, I would have loved to see, like, you know, they actually have, like, a huge cannabis farm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why we're so chill, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're so young and chill, man. We need to smoke that Sheba. <laughs> um, so, Turnell is high physically in a tower, ringing a loud bell, shouting to his new villagers, uh, to his fellow villagers, we're leaving the village. Take only what you need. Data activates transport inhibitors around the gathering Baku as Picard briefs Anij and Sojef, pointing to the small screen of a small computer terminal. Picard lays out his plan. They will follow the Kelvinite deposits in the hills to avoid being captured by the Sona. Anij adds that there are caves in the mountains that they can use to hide in. Mm. Mm. So... Lights appear in the sky above them suddenly. Uh, Sona's, uh, Sona's shuttles swoop low to the ground, firing on the village and destroying several transport inhibitors. The villagers begin to run for cover, led by the Enterprise officers as explosions light up in the night. Sojef Graham, uh, grabs Artem, trying to help him get to safety when he suddenly dissolves with a group of Baku transported away. Our team yells out for his father as Data scoops him up and carries him away. I mean, at this point, why are they even transporting them away? Like, they're they're doing a cultural genocide on them, and they're genociding them in a very specific way that is definitely a crime. You know, because that's what I'm thinking. At this point, they're, they're 
breaking tons tons of 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 their of the laws. At this point, they're just leaving evidence if they keep yeah. these people alive. These these people are witnesses at this point. Like, they, well, they are witnesses from the beginning. Like, what, right. what was the, what was the plan? To, what were they going to do with them? Like. Mm. Like, you know, transport them to another unha- uninhabited planet and dump them there or just keep them inside the um, inside the hollow uh, no, uh, mm-hmm. But it's just like, OK, like you, you're uh, you're uh, you're breaking tons of laws here mm-hmm. and now you're going to just like sap all the thing out of the planet. Like, yeah, like you're better. They're better off just like running the machine from the get go. Right, just- like, <laughs> like, like no matter what, like even if Doherty's plan mm-hmm. was initially approved by Starfleet, mm-hmm. the things he's doing beyond this are like war crimes. Yeah. All <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like all, he's just like war criming it up. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a war crime bingo card and he's just checking them off. And this is like also one of the worst times. Cause we are still in the midst of the dominion war. Correct. So, and we just, you know, we brought the Romulans on board, mm-hmm. you know, have a peace treaty, you know, have yep. like working with the Romulans, Klingon Empire, like prehistoric mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, um, um, uh, you know, agreements and like, you know, and then stuff like that, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, diplomacy. And then we just do this like super, we're doing the, then like the Federation, instead of focusing on the Dominion War, decides to take a little little soiree into doing war crimes mm-hmm. on like a completely innocent people. Like how would that look? To these new allies of ours who are just bad. <laughs> yeah. real bad. Yeah, it just it just like doesn't make sense really on any level unless like and that, that's the thing is like if there's something huge here for Doherty to gain, mm-hmm. I get it, but there isn't. Yeah, like he could have like uh done like the uh one Starfleet Admiral who who did that thing to make himself young again. Yeah, because I mean, Doherty was a pretty old guy. He looked mm-hmm. decrepit. Yeah, <laughs> so like but he wasn't. He didn't. It seems like he wasn't even that interested in that. Yeah, he didn't. Stuff. He didn't seem to have any sort of like act. I mean, he he was defending the position, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like he had any sort of like personal connection. No, to he's it. he just kind of like to be he, like also just going so hard and so against yeah, Starfleet. His, for his this. motive is like evil capitalism, and it's super yeah. weird because like. I could understand if maybe he was one of the Sona or related to them or had like some deep connection with her culture, but he doesn't. No. I could understand if he wanted the de-aging process for himself or something. Yeah. But he never indicates that at all. That would have been a good like reveal that like he's actually a Sona and they used like their. Yeah, there you go. The flesh stretching thing mm-hmm. and just did like some, you know, like uh, mod- genetic modifications to one of their own. Right. Or, or he's like one of the last remaining Baku that doesn't agree with them who agrees yeah. with the Sona or something like that. Yeah. yeah a lot of ways they could have done it, but they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <clears throat> uh, on the surface, night has once again fallen over the Baku village. Turnal is high in a tower, ring a loud bell, telling everyone to take what they need and leave. Um, yeah, we already got that. Uh, okay. So lights appear in the sky above them and they're transported away. Great. Already did that too. So, uh, Gelatin and his teams return to the Sona flagship arriving in the tactical room. Gelatin has bad news for Bilmar. The Baku cannot be beamed off the planet as long as they are following the Kelbanite. Bilmar has lost his patience, suggesting they take an assault team to the surface and take them by force. Gelatin has an alternative suggestion. Isolinear tags will allow them to transport the villagers, but it will take time. With the Enterprise hurrying out of the Briar Patch to expose um, Bilmar and Doherty, they are running out of time, and Bilmar is unwilling to wait. No. 
Doherty offers to contact Commander Riker to order the Enterprise to turn around, but Bilmar does not like this plan either. Instead, he says, he can send his ships to escort the Enterprise back to the Baku planet. If people get hurt, Doherty says, they will lose all the support they have, which is true. Yeah. So he's, he's, trying, he's starting to get a little wise to how this is all playing out. So... Uh, Bill Maher now, now balks at him saying, Federation support, Federation procedures, Federation rules. Look at the mirror, Admiral. The Federation is old. In the past 24 months, it's been challenged by every major power in the quadrant. The Borg, the Cardassians, the Dominion. They all smell the scent of death on the Federation. That's why you've embraced our offer, because it will give your dear Federation new life. Well, how badly do you want it, Admiral? Because there are hard choices to be made now. If the Enterprise gets through with the news about their brave captain's vigilant struggle on behalf of the defenseless Baku, your Federation politicians will waver. Your Federation opinion polls will open a public debate. Your Federation allies will want their say. Need I go on? Doherty sits back in his chair, his arm having been twisted. Says, send your ships. <laughs> so he's, in a, he's in a rock and a hard place here. Yeah. But he really should have been like, hey, you need to stop this right fucking now. Yeah, it's like, ooh, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, he's fucked either way. He's making himself extra fucked now. Yeah. Um, so as dawn breaks over the hills of the Baku planet, a long stream of villagers winds through a field, a full exodus. Data and our team walk together, stopping to rest near a stream. Our team says he cannot imagine what life would be like as a machine. Data confesses that he has often wondered what it would be like to be in a boy's body. And the boy's like, you mean be me? And Data's like, <laughs> that's not what I said, our team. Data, why are we going away from the rest of the group? Because the scanners can't track us over here, our team. <laughs> so our team asks, uh, do androids ever play? Yes, Data says, citing his advanced chess routines and his mastery of violin. Nerd! Yeah. Uh, that proves not to be what our team means. He asks, um, if you want to know what it's like to be a child, he explains, you need to learn how to play. Worf catches up with Anij and Picard at the head of the group. The Klingon's hair has grown long and unruly. A symptom, Worf says, of jock to law, which is Klingon puberty. So, so... So, uh, Worf isn't sexually mature up until this point. <laughs> Is that what we're led to believe? So he had a kid before he was, he went through puberty? No, it, well, he's, 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 he's de-aging. So he's hit, so he's hitting puberty again. Yeah, but he still looks like the exact same. Oh, he does. Yeah. He doesn't look like a teenager going through puberty, <laughs> which is the thing. I'm like, so he looked like a fucking 45 year old Klingon when he was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, they could have. I'm maybe, not sure I buy that because Alexander looks like a kid when he's a kid. They could have made him lose like the facial hair or something. Or they could have, I don't know, used the fucking kid who plays Alexander to play yeah. or something. Like, but yeah, it was it was like, very... that, that was a big oversight, like making the crew supposedly be like de aging and yeah. being younger, but. Like, they didn't do any makeup or anything. 
Uh, yeah, the only thing they did, the only thing I know for certain they did, is they definitely dyed Jonathan Frakes' beard. That's the only thing they oh, did. Oh, yeah. The, because he had a little gray in the last film, and this, he's all black again. And plus, they were acting all flirty with each other on but, the... But then again, he he already had his beard dyed at the very beginning of the film before they made it at the planet. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. So... Uh, any severe mood swings, unusual aggressive tendencies, be sure to let me know, Picard says, heeding Worf's warning that the Baku have become tired. According to the geoscan, this is the safest area for the next few kilometers. The captain orders an hour of rest to break out the rations. Uh, what, do you, what do you think the rations are? Do you think it's just like uh, data's come? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I imagine it's something really boring, mm-hmm. just like salmon and, and uh, sand. And, Salmon and salmon. Well, salmon and green beans or something like. It, it was weird, like, you know, like, they had 600 people. The ration boxes were pretty large. Yeah. It's not something that's easily packed. Mm-hmm. So were they, like, c- carrying, like, this massive thing, like, these, like 600 rations? Yeah. And some, and, and like, and, like, what, like a, like a tractor trailer behind them? <laughs> what uh-huh. was going yeah. on? No, they don't, they don't have that technology. It was a big cart. Oh, yeah. Hi, yeah. Big cart. Yeah. <laughs> so, resting near a waterfall, Picard and Anish sit on rocks, the captain staring through binoculars at their destination, caves set into distant mountains. Anish admires the captain, running her hand over his head. It's been 300 years since I've seen a bald man, she says. He smiles at her. I should warn you. I've always been attracted to older women, he says. Hells yeah. Yeah, which is, is that true? Because, like... In Picard, he, like, falls in love with a woman, like, a 30s age. Yeah. <laughs> so just ahead, the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just ahead, the babbling of the waterfall silences as the water becomes a fine mist, flowing more like sand than water. Picard wonders how Anish is able to do this, but she has no answer for him and tells him to shut the fuck up. They sit in silence and enjoy a perfect moment in which time slows and they are together. Yeah, that's a weird moment. It's fine. I mean, it's it's trying to insert, like, romance into the film. And honestly, like, there's very few times I like seeing Picard in, like, a romantic plot. Like, it works yeah. in, like, you know, um, a, a few things here and there, but not not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, he's, a, he's a captain. He's, he's sour. He's dour. He, do, he doesn't care about fucking. That's what well, it makes sense that he's says. he's feeling younger. And he's feeling a little bit horny. Yeah, I get feeling horny, but he's 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 feeling more like, uh, oh, I'm gonna marry this woman. Yeah, it's not it's not just horny. <laughs> yeah, but then he just completely forgets about her at the end of the, the events of this film. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, come nemesis, he's like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, uh, yeah, fuck that bitch. Uh, yeah. And then I'm gonna wait like t- 20 more years until I get some Romulan push. It's like, well, I mean, th- I think at the end of this film, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm uh, gonna come back there for my 320. Oh my god, my mother. <laughs> oh my oh god. Oh my god, my Mommy. mother. Oh my god, I remembered my mother killed herself. I can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry. Sorry. Bye. Uh, block number. <laughs> <laughs> block number. Yeah. So, We're going to completely forget about the Baku. <laughs> the, uh, the I hit it and I quit it. <laughs> you catch my drift. That's right. I'm a fuckboy. I'm fuckboy Picard. <laughs> the, uh, the Enterprise is deep within the red and orange clouds of the Briar Patch, continuing its course back to the Federation. On the bridge, Riker is in the captain's chair. LaForge is at the con. Param is at ops. 
Reading our board, Param reports, two Sona ships are on an intercept course with the Enterprise. With the Enterprise still an hour away from transmission range, Riker needs to buy some time. But time for diversion is cut short when the deck rocks under weapons fire. Determined, Riker orders full impulse power, but LaForge is hesitant. The impulse engines cannot handle that much speed in the briar patch. The commander warns LaForge that if they do not find a way to outrun the Sona, little will remain to escape from the briar patch. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Uh, LaForge nods and heads to engineering. Riker grips the armrest of his chair and shouts, All hands, battle stations! A red alert is sounded. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, back on the Baku planet, Deanna Troy and Dr. Crusher are sitting together discussing the rejuvenating effects of the planet over fuel rations. Excuse me. Uh, and you have noticed how your boobs have started to firm up? Uh, fucking Crusher asks Troy. Data overhears their conversation, walks over to Worf, who's disgusted by the food they have to eat, saying, I have an odd craving for the blood of a live Kolar beast, he complains. Uh, the environment must be affecting me again, Data seems to, uh, says, um, or no, Worf says that. Data seems to understand, but really doesn't. And have you noticed how your boobs have started to form? Oh no, I already... (laughs) Wrote that. Uh, so Worf looks at him, uh, puzzled for a beat, then looks at the sky and the Sona shuttle returns, dropping small drones all over the Baku refugees. He promptly shouts, take cover. The Baku scatters as the drones descend, shooting isolinear tags at them, allowing them to be beamed away. The crew fire phasers at them and take some of them down. Oh, this, and this, this whole scene, mm-hmm. like the little like drones look awful. They do look pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, the drones and like the, the fucking Baku ships in the atmosphere don't look very good. Either. No. Yeah. Uh, just not, not the greatest effects on this movie. Mm-mm. Oh, well. They spent all their money on F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. You mean <laughs> faggot Murray Abraham? Yeah. <laughs> um, he is serving Cunther. It's the old, old film. Indeed. So, so, <laughs> I mean, his face is because it's all fucking wrinkled and meaty and shit. Smoke and plasma leak into the bridge uh, as the Enterprise takes heavy fire. Riker hangs onto his chair as the ship shudders beneath him. In engineering, LaForge and his team are suppressing fires and trying to keep the ship together. We're going to blow ourselves up, LaForge shouts up to the bridge. We won't need any help from the Sona. On the main viewer, a large red crowd looms in the distance. Perim warns Riker that they do not want to go in there, but Riker disagrees. And he's like, uh, anything red and pink and open, I go inside. Taking over the helm, Riker sets a course directly for the cloud and takes the Enterprise in. On the planet, Picard and his men are in battle, and the drones continue to take on the Baku. Troy, Crusher, and Worf fire their phaser rifles, each taking out drones, but there are too many of them. Swinging his rifle like a club, Worf swings and strikes one, causing it to explode in a shower of sparks. Definitely feeling aggressive tendencies, sir, he notes, which was probably the most soy line in the entire film. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty dumb. (laughs) We we love when fucking Worf gets a cool line, like in uh, the last film, when he's like, assimilate this. But this one was just kind of like, eh. 
In the nebula, an explosion rocks the Enterprise as a subspace tear begins to form. The Sona have detonated an iso, wait, isolytic burst, a subspace weapon banned by the second Kitamar Accords, threatening to destroy the Enterprise. LaForge calls up to the bridge, telling the commander that the ship's warp core is acting like a magnet to the tear, pulling it, quote, like a zipper across space. Which is exactly what I thought was happening the first time I took salvia. <laughs> it was terrifying. Never take salvia. It's like not legal that many places anymore. I think it's actually legal in Washington still, which is like, mm-hmm. why, why? Don't, don't. It's the most terrifying, <laughs> worst drug imaginable. <laughs> it like transports you to hell for five minutes and makes you distrust your friends. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's bad, man. <laughs> Don't do salvia. The chief engineer suggests ejecting the core and detonating it uh, in the tear. Those, this suggestion only, quote, may or may not work, as subspace weapons are unpredictable, which is the reason why they were banned in the first place. Having little alternative, Riker orders LaForge to eject the core, but the engineer has already done so, sending the reactor spitting away from the ship towards the tear. As the core makes contact with the tear... It detonates, resulting in a massive shockwave that slams into the Enterprise and hurls the great ship through space. I have um, thrown my core at one or two tears, and it's detonated pretty quickly. (laughs) And let me tell you, that shockwave did not get me out of danger. (laughs) No. (laughs) Both my doctors can tell you that. (laughs) In fact, they've advised you not to. (laughs) No, they, they very specifically told me to keep my tear in my engineering bay. Yeah. Or, sorry, keep, keep my core in my engineering bay. You will die. <laughs> um, so, all over the ship, consoles explode and crew members are thrown onto the deck. Despite the heavy damage sustained by the Enterprise, the subspace tear has been sealed. On the bridge, a bleeding Riker keeps his post as sparks shower from damaged terminals. Still a half hour away from contact with the Federation, Riker knows that they have to fight. We're through running from these bastards, he declares. Absolute chat shit. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they have Riker in the heavier action sequences in this film yeah. rather than Picard because like, eh. Yeah, that's how he was supposed to be originally supposed to be for first contact. Yeah, he was supposed to be on the Enterprise. I and mean, yeah. he really should have, I think. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was fine. Like, the only, I think, oh God, so... The problem with like first contact and this, and basically like all the Star Trek TNG films, I think, is they try to posit that the two most important characters in TNG are definitely Picard and Data. Yeah. I don't like that. Me either. It's like, yes, Picard is the Kirk. Data's not necessarily the Spock. No. Like it's more of a composite. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, like TNG, I think, was more of an ensemble show than TOS. A hundred percent. And like a hundred percent. And and here I think like they have like this need because they feel it's a film, they need like main character, like someone to really take the helm. Mm-hmm. And like I don't I, I really don't consider like Picard to be like the main character of TNG. Because I do feel like they're all It is an ensemble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like everyone gets their own episodes. And like, mm-hmm. yes, Picard is the captain. And if you had to choose a main character, sure it's him. Yeah. But like, yeah, it is an ensemble. It like if it weren't if you took any of the main characters out of that cast, it would not be the same show at all. No. And so Yeah, because then you look at like a lot of the you know, with the TNG with the TOS films, you know, when 
you know, Scotty Hura and, um, and, uh, Chekhov, Chekhov like never do shit. They don't do shit. And Except it's in four <laughs> and it's, and that's kind of fine yeah. because like, there was like the trifecta of for TOS I'm, really, I, I guess, but I want more of them. I want oh, more, yeah. more of Chekhov than him asking for nuclear weapons, and then getting called the R word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Russian, <laughs> Russian, <laughs> and, but like, uh, but yeah, with, yeah, with P and G, like I do feel like, er, like they all added such depth to their characters and like mm-hmm. all had their own parts to play but but yeah it does feel weird that like this is more of like a picard episode all, it, all the tng films are all just picard films picard episodes and i mean there, there's so many things that they could have done here with this especially like i mean it's weird that like deanna went down to the planet and like didn't i mean she she understood these people and their emotions but like i feel like she should have like known more i feel like mm-hmm. like this movie should have definitely rested more on Deanna in LaForge than it did. Yeah. Because those two are great characters, but it doesn't use them a ton. And it kind of uses them just in conjunction with other storylines, which like, I mean, you know, like the redemption of like Jordy getting a sight back, but then losing it again or something. That could have been mm-hmm. something cool, but it's like briefly mentioned. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like the the Riker and Deanna story is is fine. I like that. We need them to get back together. That's cool. But that's like the only thing those two do in this entire film, except for... Riker taking the Enterprise out near the end here. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of squandered opportunity, I think, in this mm-hmm. film. Um, and they have like a good cast and they have a decent enough story, I guess. However, really, honestly, like in the context of the Dominion War, this is a fucking nothing burger story. Like the stakes are so fucking low yeah. compared to everything else going on. Because so, so right now... <laughs> This is running concurrently with season seven of DS9 and season four <laughs> of fucking Voyager. Season four of Voyager is when um, fucking uh, seven of nine comes in. Mm-hmm. And so those are some incredibly important episodes about the Borg and mm-hmm. like and all that shit. And uh, uh, this is right after the Species 8374 8, stuff. So like there's a ton of very important stuff happening in the mm-hmm. Star Trek universe. This is not one of those yeah, things. At this point, there was Barclay communicating with Voyager. Correct. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, no. No, probably not. Maybe. Yeah. He starts communicating with them in season four or five. I'm yeah. not sure which. But yeah, it's close. It's but yeah, definitely around it's, it's just funny that, yeah, that this is just small potatoes. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't I don't I don't think Barclay is communicating with them. I think that's mm-hmm. near the end of five or something like that. Um so back on the planet, uh, the Starfleet officers have led the Baku into the caves and erected a force field shielding them from the attacking drones. Data reports that 43 Baku have been beamed away already. Uh, The group is allowed no rest as soon as the thunderous sound of impacts is heard in the cavern shake. The Sona shuttles are firing on the caves to drive them out. Now, this seems just like completely reckless. Like they're going to kill someone doing this, right? Yeah. I don't know. If, 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 if it's already this extreme, just turn the fucking machine on. I know. It's, yeah, just kill them. Just, like, why, why are they like, they have so much value for these people's lives, but at the same time, they don't. Yeah. And it's, it's revealed. And yeah, the it's, reveal, like, like, we want to do a war crime. We definitely are doing a war crime, mm-hmm. but we're trying to make it a lesser war crime. They're making, like, they're, make, they're making it sporting kind of like how like the civil war, like they marched, they marched in single file, you know, and yeah. the line. So, yeah, so yeah. people get shot like this. They're just giving them a sporting chance to, um, uh, to, uh, undo all of their plans. And which is really <laughs> just a bad move on their part. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like at this point, like, 
like their sit how their situation stands is they have like a Starfleet crew protecting them. Mm-hmm. Then they have an- then the other half of their crew is currently trying to escape the Briar Patch to notify all the other ships Correct. and notify the pl- notify what's happening. So mm-hmm. it's just like everything's going haywire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it might as well just like fucking just like kill everyone. Yeah. Like, and like, just cover all tracks. Like, like stage, say, say, like, the Enterprise blew up for some other unrelated reason. Mm-hmm. Like, which really, like, goes to a bigger point. Like, I think the, <laughs> the real point of this film, I mean, we can get political and philosophical and whatever, but mm-hmm. I think when it comes down to it, um, if you find the real core of the message of this film, it's that you never leave witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad, bad fucking idea. Someone see what you did. Uh, either you know they're loyal or you know they're dead. Yeah. Two options. Yeah, if you do an oopsie, you know, a little oopsie war crime. <laughs> a little oopsie boopsie. <laughs> oopsie boopsie did a genocide. Oopsie doopsie. Gotta kill every gotta kill this entire uh, ethnic group of people. Yeah. But I mean they're they're white Californians. They're white so. Californians, yeah. What what's the big law? We have so many of them, it doesn't right? matter. They're like six hundred. We've got Christ. extras. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna we're gonna lose a bunch of kids named Brayden. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Thaden and Brayden—they're both going. No! Not all the Megans. No, not Ashley spelled L-E-I-G-H. No. Yeah, we got like a million of them back home. Like, <laughs> mm. so uh, Data warns Picard that the structure of the cavern will not hold long, and uses his tricorder to search for an escape route. Finding a place in a cavern wall that will allow them for an exit, uh, they use their phasers to cut through rock. As the rock opens up and the dust clears, a clear view of the mountains and more caves can be seen. Picard orders everyone to move out. (laughs) In the Briar Pratch, the Enterprise swings around towards a large pocket of gas. Pat's been there. You know what I'm saying, everybody? (laughs) This room right now (laughs) is a large pocket of gas. Laying farts. (laughs) Uh, more like the briar ass. What's going on? Hello. <laughs> so on the bridge, Riker searches for a suitable cloud, finding one of volatile materials right behind Patrick. <laughs> oh, killed wow. that. That joke's murder. <laughs> uh, LaForge recommends they keep their distance, but uh, Riker intends to use the gas to quote, shove it down the Sona's throats, which is something Riker is very experienced in. And yeah, it's explained <laughs> that they can't use, traditional weapons because of the nature of the nebula right yes okay yeah because yeah, it just seems it just seems like a weird thing mm-hmm. but so it's, uh, it's an interesting <clears throat> thing it isn't it, it works so this, i yeah. don't think this is a inconsistency it works for the plot and it works with what they're doing yeah it's just like and it's established yeah. that they have done this in the past you know mm-hmm. with yeah. like the 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 lights in the dark the eyes in the dark yeah you know like yeah. when they uh shoot a bunch of like hydrogen and i mean it's also been uh uh, established in the past that Riker has shoved it down a lot of people's throats. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so we, we, he's in the fart play. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's why they call it the Riker maneuver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what's the, that, that uh, boy on the, the planet art, art him. He just calls him fart him. <laughs> so uh, activating the ship's uh, bussard collectors, which we will now call bussy collectors, <laughs> mm-hmm. bussy collectors. Uh, the crew gathers um, material and particles from storage at its full capacity. Activating the manual steering column. Riker <laughs> Which gra- is hilarious. So, yeah. So, activating the manual steering column, Riker grabs a hold of a joystick. 
flying the ship by touch. Now this this whole thing is very phallic. And it really is a it's gaming It's very joystick. phallic. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Oh yeah, and it cuz it is crotch level, so it does look like he's just taking a hold of his penis. So 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 that's what I'm saying. So if yeah. you take this whole sequence is just like they're talking about Riker's dick. It's amazing. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm going to shove it down their throats. And then he, he's like fucking pulls his joystick out and like guides the ship with his big fucking rod, like to the destruction of his enemies. It is like, if you look at this, like how Jonathan Frakes obviously intended it, yes. which is entirely phallic, it fucking rocks. And it keeps in line with this whole character arc throughout this movie as, uh, um, uh, as being completely horny. Yeah. So, uncontrollably horny. And so, <laughs> so that's what we have. He's going to shove it down the Sona's throats. The Bussard collectors. We know what that means. Bussy collectors. Um, storage is at full capacity. His balls, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, manual steering column. His dick. Joystick. Mm-hmm. Also his dick. So now... Um, on screen, two Sona battle cruisers loom close by. Also, Dura sisters, obviously. <laughs> but also, like the the joystick is is steering the entire ship, right? Correct. I always figured that they were doing that from the helm. They are. I mean, it's, it's all automatic. <laughs> like everything, even like, but like there there's been times where they like manually, like, yeah, and control- they do that from the helm. If, yeah. yeah. I, so what's what's I the mean, point maybe of having- there's a captain's override. Manual joystick. Yeah, like, but yeah, that's why I was like, well, why do they need that? They can already do all those things from the helm. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, Jordy remarks, I wouldn't be surprised if hif- history mem- remembers this as the Riker maneuver. It's where you tug on your dick and fart in someone's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you just blow out two holes at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,. If I had more arms, I could gape unlimited asshole. <laughs> uh, so Riker concedes, if it works, uh, when the battleships fire their weapons, Riker shouts the order, blow out the ram scoops, stand by full thrusters. Talking about blowing out and thrusting. <laughs> like, come on. I'll, I'll, like, actually, come. On yeah. already. Come on, something. Uh, when this is done, <laughs> it sends the gas towards the Sona ships. As the Sona's for to- uh, photon torpedoes make contact with the gas, they combust it into a massive fireball, engulfing and destroying one Sona ship and severely disabling the other. The battle is won. Uh, through peace, which is awesome. You know? Riker's, Riker's all peaceful about it. And uh, he's like, eat my farts. He does He does make uh, make them get destroyed by their own fault. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> suck my joystick and eat the fucking uh, space farts. Like, they would have lived if they didn't fire. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um, peaceful warrior, that one. So, yes. high in the mountains, Picard and company are busy fending off an attack by Sona Foot soldiers. Armed with an isomagnetic disintegrator, Worf takes aim at the henchmen and launches a blue electric bolt that sends them flying through the air. <clears throat> Crusher kneels over a wounded Sona soldier, scanning him with her medical tricorder. Holding the tricorder for Picard to see her readings, the two aren't sure what to make of what they have just discovered. Crusher thinks they should ask the Baku. So back in the cave, Anij and Tornell continue to evacuate the Baku. As the last villagers make their way into the mountains, Anij realizes that Fartim is nowhere (laughs) to be found. Uh, She heads into the dark caverns after him, finding him in a particularly unstable area. Grabbing Fartim by the hand, 
Anij leads him out as the caves begin to collapse. Mm. And earlier it showed his hippo rat come at, crawl out of oh, his, yeah. a, out of his uh, pocket. True, true. The weird little gross thing that he keeps in his pocket. Yeah, thing's disgusting. <laughs> it does look gross. Like it has like weird it looks patchy wet. hair. Yeah, yeah. it looks like wet and patchy. Yeah, <laughs> like if that thing existed in real life, we would probably like it would we would have wiped it out already. Oh we yeah, would, yeah. We, we would, would have, have stepped the, on it. The cats to eat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we would have worshipped the cats for eating them. Yeah, and, and if they brought it to our doors, like we would like have to put like a tissue over the thing because we like just 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 looking at it like, disgusts it, us. If that thing exists, like the fucking you know early uh, early twentieth century Italian Americans <laughs> would have blamed it on early twentieth century Irish Americans. <laughs> like it looks like one of those things, and everyone would have been hunting them to extinction. Yeah, the Irish. Oh yeah, yeah, the Irish. Yes, cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not really. The Irish are pretty cool. Yeah, the, pretty the Northern Irish. Yeah, the 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 other Irish, the Ireland. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Italian uh, Irish Americans. You know the you know Ireland is really the Italy of Northern Ireland. Mm. When you think about it. Yeah, you think about it that way. Yeah. Go start with eyes. They make it the pizza pie. <laughs> they make it the pizza pie. Yeah, all those things. <laughs> so is th- what? Yeah. Uh, so as the rocks tumble from the cavern ceiling, the Starfleet officers rejoin the Baku, data grabbing Fartim and pu- pulling him to safety. Holding Anish close, Picard leads the way as the caves continue to crumble, sealing them inside and crushing Anish. Worf says there's several metric tons of rock blocking their escape. As the dust settles, Picard scans uh, Anish's vitals. I'm losing her, he says. With help on the other side of a newly formed wall of rocks, Picard must do his best to help Anish. Holding her hand, he asks her to help him keep her in this moment until help can arrive. As she begins to fade, dust starts falling from the ceiling, and it suddenly slows, and time around them slows, and begins moving slowly enough for Data, Crusher, Worf, and Troy to break through the rocks and come to the rescue in time. Anish is very impressed with Picard's abilities, saying, and you thought it would take centuries to learn. (laughs) He's talking about eating that pussy. (laughs) I don't understand it. Where is the clit? (laughs) What am I supposed to be doing down here? (laughs) Do you want me to eat it or lick it? I don't get it. You say eat it, but then say use your tongue. I don't eat with my tongue, (laughs) goddammit. All right, well, I guess I'll use my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you say eat it eat it like a steak very well then uh, I eat steak with my um, with my canine teeth <laughs> uh, um, carrying Anish out into the open mountain air Picard and his crew face off against more Sona drones each taking a defensive posture they fire their weapons and destroy the drones but one of the drones survives shooting isolinear tags that attach themselves to Picard and Anish sending them away in a shimmer of transporter beam. Captain Picard and Anish find themselves now with Sojif and the rest of the captured Baku villagers aboard Bill Mars flagship. <laughs> the real time. The real time. <laughs> uh, in a holding cell. Bill Marr and Doherty arrive, entering the force field protected brig to confront Picard. Doherty orders him to call off the Enterprise which has destroyed one of the Sona battlecruisers and significantly damaged the other. 
Doherty threatens the captain with a court-martial, but Picard is still defiant, saying, if a court-martial is the only way to tell people of the Federation what happened here, then I welcome it. Yeah, he's a real one for that. Hell yeah, he is. Uh, the captain knows that Doherty allowed Bill Maher to send his ships to attack the Enterprise, saying, uh, saying this and then saying, I wonder which one of us will be facing that court-martial, which is a real big dick move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doherty backs down, but Bill Maher is persistent, saying, this is going to end now. New rule. The Baku want to stay on this planet. Let them. I'm going to launch the injector, <laughs> which once again is just a turkey baster full of cum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and says, in six hours, every living thing in the system will be dying or dead. So what, what do you think is that in, in that injector that's going to kill everyone in six hours? Oh, I think it's going to suck it up. It's, the injector's empty, and it's going to go... No, but it's full, gonna pull, it's full of cum. He said it's full of cum, though. So, mm. full of F. Murray Abraham semen. I, I, I imagine big, it was a group effort. I mean, I, I don't think he would have produced enough. Uh, he was probably just leading the Bukaki session. Yeah. I mean, do they have Bukaki? Uh, the, the, the Bukaki. The Bukaki session. I don't, I'm not picking up what you're Wait, where are they called in the Buka? The Baku. The Baku. Yeah. Uh, the Bakuki session. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I keep I keep rearranging the vowels in my mind of their name. Ba- ba- <laughs> Bakuki just sounds like a fucking Hanna-Barbera cartoon about a witch. <laughs> like, like, or- or yeah, or like a ghost or something. Yeah, I'm boo cocky. <laughs> it's ba kooky. Or how about boo kooky? Boo kooky. Would it be about a ghost? Oh yeah, boo kooky. Boo- that, that's the thing. They have boo. He's a Japanese ghost. <laughs> boo kooky. <laughs> I'm gonna start making for Halloween. I'm gonna start making ghost shaped, um, ghost shaped. Uh, uh, cookies uh-huh. with a bunch of white frosting on them called boo cookies. Boo, co- <laughs> boo cookies. <laughs> That's actually a great idea. Boo, boo cookies. Boo cookies. <laughs> You're writing that down for next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got ba cookie and boo cookies. You're oh. like, all right, uh, all right, phone, remind me. <laughs> October 31st. <laughs> <laughs> like on that day, I'm gonna be like, fuck, fuck, fuck! I don't have any of the ingredients. God, I need to get some cookies. <laughs> All right. So, um, next, Picard asks, uh, "Would you kill your own people, Bill Maher?" <laughs> uh, so Jeff picks up where the captain left off, telling Bill Maher and Doherty that uh, doc- of Doctor Crusher's findings, the Sona and the Baku are the same race. Dun 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 dun. And here's my question. Yeah. Why didn't she find this out when she first observed them and hot when they were hostages? That is such a great question. Like cuz like uh, because she did notice that they had like what like they were genetically modified in some mm. way. So she was obviously you know all up in their like DNA profile. Mm-hmm. Like and that she had already been to the surface mm-hmm. and inspected other people there. She would have known. Should have known. Should have known. Should have. Like, did that just escape her mind until now? Yeah. She just didn't make that connection. Like, oh, they have the same exact DNA. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would have been over in the first, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That, that would have been great. Yeah, great. It's like a short trek. Yeah, sure. Like, short they beep down to the planet. They're the same people. <laughs> yeah, why do you hate it? Uh, yeah, well, you fucking figure this out for yourselves. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so... <clears throat> Picard uh, confronts the Admiral, telling Doherty that he brought the Federation into the middle of a blood feud. 
Damn. A century ago, it seems, a group of Baku rebelled and were banished from the planet. Now they have returned for revenge. Revenge. Uh, Anish suddenly realizes who Bill Maher and Gelatin are, once called Routine and Galna. Um, Routine actually- They gone this dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Routine, uh, the inventor of the Routinesery chicken. Oh, yeah. A little, little known fact. Yeah. Uh, Bill Maher shrugs it off, saying, uh, new rule, those names, those children are gone forever. <laughs> he storms out, leaving Doherty with Picard in the Baku. The Admiral is despondent, saying, this was all for the Federation. He turns and follows Bill Maher. I keep telling yourself that, Chief. Mm-hmm. Finding Bill Maher exposing his face to rejuvenating radiation in the body shop, Doherty confronts the Adar, telling him that this mission is over. Bill Maher reacts violently, telling Doherty that he does not take orders from him and throws the Admiral over a railing, then smashes his face into a glass cabinet. This is actually pretty sick. I did enjoy <laughs> this action sequence. Uh, what comes next? True. <laughs> Bill Maher then straps the bloodied Admiral into one of the cosmetic chairs, activating one of the facelift devices. Doherty warns him. You begin the procedure and launch the injector while the planet's still populated. The Federation will pursue you until... But Bill Maher stops him, sneering and saying, The Federation will never know what happened here. <laughs> he engages the device, stretching the Admiral's skulls so taut that the blood vessels burst and his skull is crushed. It's pretty sick, but it's bad effects. Yeah, but yeah. It, it doesn't, doesn't look good, but it's sick in theory. <laughs> it pretty much just looks like an Instagram filter. It kind of does, yeah. <laughs> and like, they're just like, well, this is what your head looks like when it blows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, got, we got to make a Star Trek insurrection, like, Instagram yeah, filter yeah, pack yeah. to make yeah. you look like faggot Marie Abraham. And, <laughs> You're like, whoa, my face this, is stretching. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a Picard with no beard. <laughs> so it's just a filter of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that would be, that would be perfect, but yeah, it was it was a pretty bad thing, pretty, pretty, pretty bad special effect. Yeah, it was pretty pretty bad, but it, it kind of looks cool in, yeah. a, in a bad way. I would have uh, liked to actually see the so, face. So here's half. the thing, yeah, if it was on the show, it would have been sick. Yes, he would have been like, well, whatever effects budget, but on here, it's like. <laughs> this is a movie. This is this is this is a feature film. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, we I'm, already had like, uh, like, where did the money go? Because like, we already had like the shitty drone shots. I, honestly, the only thing I can like, the only way I can actually understand like the increasing budgets of these films and how it looks like they increasingly have less and less budget is uh, that uh, Patrick Stewart asked for double his salary every single time, and they gave it to him. Or it could just be some sort of, like, money laundering mafia thing. Where yeah, like, yeah, Rick, yeah. Rick, Rick Berman making the pizza pie, you know. Yeah, he owes, he owes a ton of money to the mob. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, for putting him in charge of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just, like, you know, like, Tony Soprano and some other guys on set just like you know doing like no work jobs and just kind of like sitting in sitting in a <laughs> sit, sitting on, on chairs and watching everybody else work while they eat hoagies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, uh, you want to get in the shot? No, 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 no. They don't have to be in the shot. There's remember, there's no Italians in space. No, no there's no photography around these gentlemen. Please. Yeah. <laughs> we we tried the Italian in that one episode of TNG, and he started a bar fight. <laughs> yeah. So. That wasn't even in the script. 
just you would put them next to an Irishman and they just fought. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they're like they're like those fighting fish. Together, they, start, they start going at it. We <laughs> eventually just had to work it into the script because we couldn't stop it. <laughs> we couldn't get him within three meters of O'Brien. It just Colmini and this guy. I don't know what it was. We tried putting them both in glass in glass cases, but they just kept smashing the faces against it. <laughs> Every time they were in a scene together. So, um, Bill Maher returns to the bridge, calmly informing Gelatin that Doherty will not be joining them for dinner. He orders him to deploy the collector, but Gelatin, clearly unhappy, asks to speak with Bill Maher alone. He obliges, but repeats his order to the bridge crew to deploy the collector. Speaking privately, Gelatin argues that killing all of the Baku is taking things a little bit too far, but Bill Maher <laughs> reminds him, No one hated them more than you, Galna. He appeals to his old friend, reminding him that they are about to complete their mission and not to jeopardize it now. Emerging onto the bridge, the Ahadar orders him to separate excuse me, the Starfleet crew into the ship's aft cargo department. Gelatin knows that these areas won't be protected from the metaphysic radiation. Bill Maher intends to murder them, just as he murdered Admiral Doherty. Mm-hmm. Gelatin steps off the bridge as the Sona Collector begins its slow activation sequence. Gelatin now returns to the holding cells, pointing a disruptor at Picard. He orders the captain to follow him to the aft cargo area. Picard complies, accompanying Gelatin through the corridors of the Sona ship and into a turbo lift. Once inside, Picard is able to convince Gelatin to relent, telling him that, quote, you can still go home, Galna. Deactivating his weapon, Gelatin says it is hopeless. The Collector cannot be deactivated except from the bridge, which is too well defended. And no matter what they do, Bill Maher can override any commands to the injector with his communicator. Picard realizes that their success hinges on Bill <coughs> Maher not realizing that something is happening until it's too late. He asks Gelatin to take him to a communicator that will allow him to contact Worf and Data down on the planet. And this, that was a good scene, like, where he is able to do, where it's, which is rare for a, uh, for, um, for movie Picard. Mm-hmm. He's able to, uh, to, uh, um, diffuse the situation non-violently with True. words yeah. and space luring and, and appealing to, and appealing to, uh, Gelatin's humanity. And, and and I feel like Gelatin has already made up his mind at the end of the last yeah. scene now. So he, he's, that's the thing. Like it is pretty easy. It is pretty on easy mode uh, yeah. for 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 Picard, for movie Picard to do this. Mm-hmm. But it is refreshing that he does that instead of just like you know like putting like a phaser in his mouth and being like take me to man. <laughs> that would actually be satisfying. <laughs> you know, I would take me to the injector. <laughs> no, that- <laughs> You know, now that you mentioned it, that would have been cooler. You're right. <laughs> He's like, put, Way cool. put your mouth on it. Put your fucking mouth on it. <laughs> put your mouth on the curb. <laughs> put your mouth on the curb. Uh, so from the bridge, Bill Maher watches from his plush command chair as the Sona Collector's separation sequence begins, counting down from three minutes. The Collector unfurls gigantic golden sails near the rings of the planet. And this, this effect actually looks pretty good, I thought. 
Yeah. It, what, why it needs sales? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. That's a strange thing, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. They probably just had that animation from the show at some point. Yeah. So I mean, they, oh, you know what? They, they probably had it from, there was that episode of DS9 mm-hmm. with the uh, ambassadors from some planet uh, who at the end, like, take off with golden sails or something. That was, uh, well, that was, um, was that TNG? Or that was DS9? Strange New Worlds. Oh, was it? Oh, no. You're right. That is Strange New Worlds. Okay. <laughs> well, though, though there yeah. is a DS9 episode where uh, Cisco makes the, the ancient Bajoran. Ship. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, with the gold sail, yeah, with the space sails. Yeah, yeah the yeah. space sails, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh which I thought was funny because like it's supposed to be like an ancient ship, but like the inside is like sort of like a turn of the century like uh sailing ship. <laughs> you know, which that, is like that has like this archaic like compass type thing. Yeah. I was just like, well, okay, well, I mean, they did space travel. Why does it need like this like <laughs> it's an aesthetic. Yeah. Was, maybe maybe he had just watched Master and Commander and yeah. he's like, Com- computer, do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> do that shit. Um, yeah, because everyone loves Master and Commander. It's true. My brother still hasn't seen it. And I'm like, Say what? I'm like, you're more of a cis, you're, you're a cis guy. Like, I'm yeah. not even cis and I love it. Like, it's, <laughs> that movie is like, for dudes that's a yeah. dude movie like if there's, you're a dude there's zero girls in it you will love that movie i mean that doesn't i mean yeah it's it's for the boys that movie's it's for the boys movies for the boys that movie's for the boys shadow days are for the boys in master and commander yes. every shadow day me and the boys get together and watch master and commander and chuck each other's dicks you know? like i didn't think i was gonna like that movie and i watched yeah, it because you're an idiot i know and when i watched it i was like it blew my mind the it's entire so time. good yeah it's, it's like a great movie it's it's a movie it's three fucking hours long and at the end of the movie, not only are you like, that wasn't three hours, but you're like, I need more. <laughs> I want the adventure to continue. Like the way they end the movie, you're like, no, I need more. Well, so I think supposedly there was going to be a sequel, but there, sh- it, there should have been. It, it didn't do well. Um, I mean, it made, m- made way more than its budget back. But yeah. the, the fact of the matter is uh, it cost them like $160 million <laughs> to make because the guy who made the film was like, yeah, we need to make this as authentic as possible. So we're building both of the ships. Yeah. And so they built both of the ships. Yeah. Like huge, elaborate, old sail ships. I wonder like, if those ships still exist somewhere. I, I bet they do. They have to, right? Mm. I mean, like. Yeah, probably somewhere you're in You're not going to drop a, a hundred million dollars on building old ships and just scrap them, I hope. Yeah, they did kind of like fuck them up. But, but they're still, but they both still sailed at the end. So. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I fucking love that, that movie so much. Yeah. I might have to, now, God damn it, I need to fucking edit this. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. Why do I have to edit? So so starting next week, I'm going to stop editing oh. the show, basically, because we're going to have a thing where I can, like, produce it live. Oh, interesting. Um, So that'll be awesome. So mm. I'll, like, have so many more free hours. <laughs> yeah. Britt, why are all my parts cut? You're just like, you're talking to dead space. <laughs> Aren't I always? You died five years ago. (laughs) I've been doing a solo podcast this entire time. You're not even here and I just dissipate. I have to let go. (laughs) I have to let go of you, Pat. The accident was not my fault. The accident was not my fault. (laughs) I suddenly noticed like I feel like shit like every Saturday and it's because I've been eating vegan food for two every Friday. You're eating both meals. I'm making meals. these elaborate vegan meals and eating both of our huge portions. Why am I blowing ass all the time? <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm the one taking the shits in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> it was me shitting the entire time. It was, it was the poop 
coming out of my butt. <laughs> you think back to all those parts. And yes. Just <laughs> yes. I thought it was Pat's ass. Uh, <laughs> Pat, it was me making those horrible noises in the bathroom. <laughs> um, okay. So speaking of horrible noises in the bathroom, uh, the bridge officer alerts uh, Bill Maher that the Cousteau is flying up from the planet piloted by Data. Bill Maher dismisses it as a th- uh, dismisses the threat, even as the ship fires tachyon bursts into the Sona shields. Eventually, one of the Sona officers reports that the tachyon bursts are disrupting their shields. The Cousteau cannot damage the Sona ship, but without shields, they will be vulnerable to the thermo... Uh, Thorolimic reaction with the separation is complete. Very well, Bill Maher snaps. Destroy that ship and reset our shield harmonics. Do not delay the countdown. And so this is actually the part, um, initially, Brent Spiner has to be written off on this movie. Mm. And he has to be killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And initially, Rick Berman, initially it was a condition for him to be on the film. And so he, he got a contract hired onto the film. They did not put that it would be the last film in his contract. And like one of the first days on set, uh, Rick Berman tells him, uh, we'll do it for you next time. <laughs> yeah. I heard, I heard that he, they sent him like uh, script notes that said better luck next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, and so basically this is the part because initially Michael Piller wrote a script in which he does die. Mm. And this is the part. So he would have gone onto the ejector and blown himself up. Basically. That would have made that would have, would have actually been a cool hero's death. I think. Yeah, that would have been, and that's basically what he does in Nemesis. It, it is, and like, and so, I mean, it wouldn't have. Ha- I don't think it would probably. I mean, I don't know. So, it's hard to know whether or not Nemesis really earns that and, death. And so, either. and so, that's the problem: is Nemesis, Nemesis, <clears throat> is the highest stake Star Trek film, mm-hmm. and it needn't be. Yeah, it, that, that's the problem with it: is it's both the highest stake Star Trek film and the most impactful on modern Trek because mm-hmm. obviously it doesn't affect the Calvin films at all but like everything like all new Trek basically that takes place after that mm-hmm. is very much influenced by you know Romulus blowing up in there, yeah you know, so you know what? it would have been nice I you know maybe it would have been nice to have data blow up in this and because it spent all this time building his relationship with art with fart team right and so then like fart team could have had you know you know, you know, zoom in on those little kid tears when right, after right. after Data it sacrifices himself, and see, that that would have been all of us. Yeah, weeping yeah. For his. But that's that's not what they want it to be about. As as I pointed out, and I think our, our first part of this, like, there's this weird thing where it's recognized by a bunch of writers and producers on Star Trek for some reason that the most important people in TNG are definitely Picard and Data. Yeah, and that's not true. Yeah, because it is an ensemble cast. Like, and that's yeah, because like the whole all of the Picard mm-hmm. has just been like this, this relationship between them. And it's just exactly like, <laughs> like you could, you could literally remove everybody else from that series, mm-hmm. uh, except for Picard and data, you know, from TNG. And it wouldn't really matter. Like, yeah. like Riker hasn't played that pivotal of a role. You could have put any other captain in that chair to come save him at the end. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it could have been Frazier. That would have been so sick. Or, <laughs> yeah. or fucking, um, no, I guess he would have been way too old. I was going to say fucking Cameron, but that would have made, it would have been or, like 300. Uh, or There we go. Je- That's what I, that would have, <laughs> that would have actually fucked so hard. Yeah. I would have, I would have fanboyed for that shit. That would have ruled if yeah, Ryan Cox just, like, just shows up and he's like, 
It looks like I get to save you one more time, Picard. <laughs> you know, you got to stop making a habit out of this, yeah. Picard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to save you even though you're not wearing your regulation uniform, old man. Still um, doing four shifts, I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> four shifts, four skin, baby. Yeah. Jellico all the way. Mm-hmm. See, that's where that's where Prodigy gets it right. They're just like, we need Jellico in this. No, where, where Prodigy gets it right is leaning in to the memes about Star Trek. Yeah. And it, it's it's something that like I didn't understand until they like completed the season and I'm like, "Oh, that was fucking like perfect basically." Mm-hmm. They they have found a way not only to create a very competent Star Trek uh playing on the history that I don't love like Nemesis and stuff like that, but they've also like the writers of that show, especially I think the Hagman brothers are real fucking fans of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And they found a way to insert what fans talk about into the series. Yeah. Because fans, fans of Star Trek don't often, don't usually talk about all the best episodes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I talk about Threshold and Tattoo <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, fucking um, Shades of Grey and stuff like that mm-hmm. far more than I do, you know, Yesterday's Enterprise yeah. and, you know, <laughs> uh, fucking uh, All Good Things mm-hmm. and you're fucking, you know, like, I, Fucking bad media is great. Bad media is fun to criticize. And the fun to talk the about. amazing Okampa or whatever his name yeah, is. O- yeah, Okana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okana. Yeah. Actually, that that is a good episode. I think of TNG. Yeah. Like it's one of the better of <laughs> that early in TNG. And it, it is nice that he got to have his time because they really tried to establish him as the Star Trek Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's great at it. And like, I'm sure he's going to come back. And he's awesome. I love what they've yeah. done with Okana. It's super cool. Yeah. Anyway, coming back to this. So in space, the sonar ship fires on the yacht, severely damaging it. In the cockpit, Data pilots the ship toward the planet where he intends to make an emergency landing. On the bridge of the flagship, the sonar officers report that the ship is retreating and the countdown is continuing. Suddenly, a flash of bright white envelops the bridge, then dissipates. Unsure of what just happened, the crew continues to monitor the injector as the countdown reaches zero. On the screen, they watch as the injector deploys and the rings around the planet suddenly begin to scatter. Bill Maher is elated, noting the rings are behaving exactly as the simulations predicted. But something's wrong. One of the Sona officers reports that nothing's changed. Bill Maher says the scanners must be malfunctioning. But on closer inspection of their equipment, the crew discovers that there are simply no ship functions whatsoever. Furious, Bill Maher said this is impossible when the view screen, artificial gravity, and life support are all working. And then he begins to notice something. A bizarre hole in one of the bridge bulkheads. Pushing his fingers into the hole. Mm. Yeah, right? Getting juicy. Uh, pushing his fingers into the hole, he realizes that they are no longer aboard their ship. He's like, this isn't my hole. <laughs> I fingered this hole before, and it's way juicier, baby. Whose hole is this? Mom? Who, whose hole is this? Dad? <laughs> Grandma? <laughs> uh, grabbing his disruptor, he fires at the hole in the bulkhead, revealing a door surrounded by a hologrid. A holodeck! He exclaims. Exclaims. Exclaims? Exclaims. Exclaims, baby. Uh, stepping through the doorway, Bill Maher and his crew find themselves aboard the holoship. Uh, they were transported aboard when they reset their shields. 
clever plan, actually. I really mm-hmm. like this plan that they put in there. Also, like, it makes me wonder, though, like, I always felt um, um, being transported get, had some sort of feeling to it. I never even thought about that. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Does it? I mean, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm like, I wonder if it, it does. It, it apparently must feel like nothing, right? Because they didn't, because like they were, I guess, transported when the light, bright light flashed, and they didn't have any, and they didn't, yeah, they didn't like have any sort of an, uh, uh, an acknowledgement of like that anything changed. Mm. But I always felt like it maybe like tingled or or something like or had like a like a rushing feeling of like of air. I mean, so, so just something that feel weird. To let me you. pose something to you. So we learn on Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. That if you are transported while chewing gum, mm-hmm. it resituates the molecules in the gum to where it's like uh, it has flavor again. Right? Yeah. Do you think if you jerk off and get transported, do you think it fills your balls back up with cum? No refractory period. That's what I'm saying, buddy. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying, buddy. So, so that's that would have been like how, like, because like one of the one of the Brent, that's, one that's of the, why Riker's always in the transporter room. <laughs> yeah. O'Brien's like. Back again, Commander. That's the transport third, me. <laughs> the third time this day. Do it again, O'Brien. <laughs> that, that that's like what that's how they originally when the script found out that they were transported because like the guy's like, wait a minute, I just came. <laughs> 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 Fucking Bill Maher is just like, my balls are so heavy. This is a holiday. We were transported. He just like opens his pants. A holiday. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just didn't think it was weird. Like I, I always assumed for some reason that they that you would feel it in some way. Well, you know what assuming does? Make an ass out of you and me. No, it makes you a fucking idiot. <laughs> it did. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Bill Maher swiftly uses his communicator to contact the collector, but it's of no use as the collector has been deactivated. The uh, Bill Maher screams out in rage. That is a pretty sick scream that he lets it out. It is, yeah. It's a very F. Murray Abraham. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very actually Solieri, really. Yeah. yeah. So on the bridge of the Sona ship, Picard, Worf, and Gelatin confirm that the Collector has been shut down with just six seconds left on the countdown. Worf decloaks the Hala ship and secures it with a tractor beam. When the rest of the ship's crew starts to contact the bridge to ask what happened, Gelatin seals it off. Aboard the holoship, Bill Maher is informed that all 14 of the ship's long-range transporters have been locked down. Thinking quickly, he orders the crew to isolate one and reroute it through the auxiliary processor. When his crew tells him there's no point in going back to their ship, he responds, I don't plan on going back to our ship. Uh, Picard orders Worf to target the flagship's weapons onto the Collector. But as he enters the commands into the computer, Worf realizes that he has lost control of the ship. Gelatin reports that this must mean the crew of the ship has discovered the deception and is rerouting control of the ship's weapons. Sensors then report that Bill Maher has transported aboard the Collector itself and restarted the injection sequence. And the Collector is pretty fucking sick here. It's like, uh, it's super industrial. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like, um, got this big long, not like, I guess like giant hallway thing. It's like a giant hole. I don't know, a big pit. It's like an endless, <laughs> endless shaft. But like the one that um, Darth Maul uh, was knocked down mm-hmm. at the end of um, Star Trek. I did wonder if like, if, if, it, if that was, 
like blue screen they didn't fill in because it has like blue everywhere. A little bit. And I'm wondering if it's blue. (laughs) (laughs) But I wonder if it was like originally supposed to be a special effect that they never followed up on. Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, (laughs) Gelatin cannot disable it without Bill Maher's access codes. Picard asks if there is a self-destruct mechanism, and Gelatin says yes, but without the codes, it can only be activated manually from aboard the Collector, and there will only be a two-second delay before detonation. Picard's like, two seconds? I faced those odd before. (laughs) I'm always in and out in two seconds. (laughs) Uh, grabbing a phaser rifle, Picard resolves to beam over and stop, uh, Bill Maher from reactivating it. And this, and I like this, like, they're like, okay, whatever you do, don't shoot inside this thing. Yeah. Which is, and, 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 and he goes to Worf and he's just like, all right, you watch the ship. Gone. It's yep. just like, why wouldn't you fucking send Worf? Yeah. Well, the guy who's, who's, who's trained in unarmed combat. Right. And he's like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair because uh, Picard only saw him as the security officer aboard um, the Enterprise. Yeah. D, uh, where he was not very good. Actually, no, I take that back because he kicks fucking ass in first contact and he generations. Does. Yeah. Like he kicks absolute ass in generations and a bunch in first contact. In this movie, he's very bumbling. But, He's like, oh, you stay here. You stay here, Mr. Wolf. I think there's blue barrels on this. <laughs> <laughs> you you stay here, Mr. Wolf. You're the comic relief for this film. <laughs> Data's a little serious in this one. You fucking dumb pussy bitch. <laughs> go cry about your wife. I'm going to go kick some ass. <laughs> <laughs> Materializing aboard the Collector, Picard appears near a computer station where Bill Maher works to reactivate the sequence. Seeing the Starfleet captain, Bill Maher fires his disruptor. Narrowly escaping the blast, Picard begins to climb up the Collector's superstructure to the self-destruct mechanism. Bill Maher pursues him, but is forced to stop firing when the exhaust begins to vent. Before Picard has completed his task, the Sona crew storms onto the bridge and take Worf and Gelatin prisoner. As the Enterprise makes its way back to the Baku planet, sensors detect the captain on the Collector. Riker hails Picard, who tells the commander that he may need a lift in a minute. (laughs) Picard reaches the mechanism and begins realigning the circuitry. Back under the control of the Sona crew, Bill Maher's flagship has begun an assault on the Enterprise, which trembles under the fire. Detecting Worf aboard the ship, Riker realizes that they have an advantage. Set a collision course, he says. Pointing his weapon at the captain, Bill Maher orders Picard to step away from the control plant. Plasma vents all around them, and Picard smiles. Bill Ma, we're getting too old for this. Bill Ma counters. After today, that won't be a problem for either of us. <laughs> Surrounded by puffs of plasma, Picard asks uh, uh, Bill Ma, are you really willing to risk igniting the exhaust? Bill Ma hesitates, momentarily lowering his weapon. All right, the captain says, raising his phaser rifle. I will. He fires, and the plasma explodes, sending Bill Maher flying off his feet, screaming, No! And down to a lower level, where he is barely able to hang on. <laughs> the Enterprise bears down on the flagship. Worf sits on uh, Bill Maher's couch, surrounded by Sona officers who hold him at gunpoint. The Sona in charge turns to the Klingon in reaction to the ever-closing starship. He wouldn't! Worf nods his head. 
Yes, he would. <laughs> the sonar reacts quickly to evade, exposing its ventral hole to the Enterprise, which fires point-blank phaser blasts, knocking out engines and life support. The flagship spins out of control, fires blazing on its hull. Doing a 9-11. Hell yeah, they are. Uh, Riker signals the collector, telling Picard that they are, quote, right around the corner. Seeing that the launch sequence has reached just 10 seconds left, Picard smiles sadly and says, Sorry, time's up. <laughs> he keys in the final destruct sequence and... Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. I lied. <laughs> you know what I said I would kill you last? I lied. <laughs> best, best, what was it? Commando, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, best line any movie ever. Yeah. And then it's, it's the best death sequence too. The dummy they use for that sequence <laughs> yeah. is like a, like a fucking, like a, like a literal scarecrow they stole from all, the farm. All of the line, all of his lines in that are bop. Like he, they, he dude, says like, him. please don't wake my friend. He's dead. Tired. Yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> let off some steam so, in it. Yeah. So I get that one and running man, uh, conflated sometimes mm -hmm. because they are nothing but fucking Schwarzenegger delivering the best one liners in any film of all time. It's true. Like in fu uh, fucking uh, uh, Running Man, when he kills the electric guy, I'm shocked. Like, it's beautiful. Well, I'm, did this make it into your sp subspace transmissions who was originally supposed to play Bill Maher? We'll get, in, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, uh, he says, sorry, time's up. He keys in the final destruct sequence, and just two seconds later, the collector suddenly begins to blow up from the bottom and they're super lucky that it's blowing up from the bottom. Cause if it went from the, the top, top. <laughs> like Picard would just be vaporized. Also, this is, uh, the generations ending for the villain. It is a hundred percent. Like he does the same exact thing. Yep. yep. So <laughs> Picard and Bill Maher stand opposite each other. Picard fully expecting to die right there outside. The enterprise swoops down, nearly hitting the surface of the exploding injector. Just as the fireballs reach them, the shots of fireball that the nice lady at the end of the bar ordered. <laughs> a transporter beam engages and Picard beams away. Bill Maher's last word is no, <laughs> uh, which I got to point out, this came out in 98, far before Star Trek uh, episode three. They totally stole that line. You mean Jordan. Star Wars episode three? That's no, I meant Star Trek episode three. <laughs> I meant what I said, goddamn. They're the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars episode three. Like, totally stole the fucking mm -hmm. stole that line. And he's incinerated by an explosion. Uh new rule. You're fucking dead. Um Is that a Bill Maher thing? New rule? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why I've been using it as a comic motif. This in I thought you knew that. <laughs> I've never seen an episode. Of, I've never seen an episode of Bill Maher. God, you fortunate son. <laughs> oh, I, believe me, I, 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 I don't know how anyone can watch it. Like, I can't stomach Bill Maher's face. Oh no, I can't either. <laughs> like, I'm just like, nope, not gonna watch it. No, I'd rather drink horse cum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now knowing that about Bill Maher, uh, go back and listen to uh, the entire uh, what, like three and a half hours we've done so far. <laughs> It's going to be way funnier than you thought it was. <laughs> Trust me. That was a great comic motif I pulled out there. Well, I, I tip my hat to you. Uh, new rule. Go and listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so back on the burn bridge of the Enterprise, Picard has returned in time to receive a hail from Worf on the Sona flagship. With the ship severely damaged, the Klingon signals the crew's unconditional surrender. 
it may have something to do with the fact that we have less than three minutes of air left. He says, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Picard and Riker smile, telling Worf to transport aboard as they have plenty of air. Oh, but wait, do it in three and a half minutes. <laughs> um, on the surface of the planet, the Baku villagers return to their homes. They're gazebos, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're weird little they're, like they're outdoor sp- gazebos. Spa gazebos. <laughs> Uh, Riker wonders aloud to uh, LaForge and uh, Worf if his feelings for Troy will fade when they leave the planet. Worf comments that Riker's feelings have never changed. The planet merely let them back out for some fresh air, which I got to say is maybe the best line in the film. And that's, and that's one thing like I like in the beginning when mm-hmm. she's like rubbing his shoulders, they had not entered the briar patch yet. Right. Uh, or they had just entered the briar patch, I think maybe. Mm. Cause yeah, they were, they were headed that way. And I think they had just gone into, I think it was like, like right after the shot of them going okay. to the nebula. So, or it was right around there. So mm. maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That might be a little inconsistent, but I do love this line. Yeah, because like they like they enter it instantaneously. They're all horny for each other. I mean, they've been horny for each other throughout the entirety of TNG. Yeah, like like straight up. Like I mean, from episode from fucking encounter at Farpoint when they meet and they're like they can they they are so interconnected they can read each other's fucking thoughts. Yeah, like they're the feelings have always remained the same. Like that, that would have been funny though if like Worf's feelings for uh, Troy also reemerged. <laughs> <laughs> Especially even more so since his wife just died. Oh no. He's like I need someone to replace my wife. Both of my dicks are so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just really into you right now. He's like crying, crying <laughs> in, her, in her arms. <laughs> uh, so Picard proposes to Sojef and Anij that the Baku and Sona reunite. Sojef believes the feelings between the two peoples are too bitter to fully trust each other again. Picard, however, expresses optimism and points out in the distance a regretful gelatin embracing his mother, showing that there might be hope at reconciliation yet. Yeah. Picard and Anij are having difficulty saying goodbye now. Picard tells her that he wishes he could stay, but that the Federation is going through difficult times and therefore he cannot leave it at the hands of those who would threaten everything he has spent his life defending. Oh, so are you going to the front lines of whatever war you're having right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> leave that for the black man. <laughs> I'm actually just using this as an excuse to ghost you. <laughs> <laughs> Funny fact, though, the guy leading the war... I killed his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Just know that about me. I'm a murderer. (laughs) I'll do it again if I have to. I'll fucking do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just don't think that's a red flag, please. That's not a, that's not a threat. That's a fucking promise, bitch. (laughs) I'm going to come back and get every single one of you. (laughs) I'll kill all your wives. (laughs) Um, Picard tells her that he wishes he could stay. I uh, already, already went through that. <laughs> However, he assures Anish that he has 318 days of shore leave coming up, and he intends to use them. She's like, what the fuck? How do you get 318 fucking days of shore leave? He must never take vacations. I guess not. But also, it's like, that's insane. Like, that he, like he hasn't really gone on any sort of date with this woman. He's just like... By the way, I'm coming here. I'm going to stay for a fucking year. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I know we did a little bit of trauma bonding in a cave for a couple of minutes, but uh, can I stay at your place for a year? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, they call me U-Haul Picard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You you got a couch or a... You ever heard of a... Do you have futons here? So you don't mind me, like, crashing at your place for a year. That's fine, right? Like, (laughs) you know, they don't charge more rent for two people or anything, do they? (laughs) Your your roommates don't really care if I'm here all the time, do they? After three weeks, she's like, get the fuck out of my house! (laughs) Get out of here! Well, you know, there's no communication the briar patch. I can't really send the message for anyone to pick me up. I so, told them to come back in 318 <laughs> days. So Jeff and the boys begin to plot his murder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he disappears, we could just say he beamed away with another ship or something, oh, right? Oh, no, there was another cave-in. <laughs> there's a metric ton of rock on top of him. Oopsie. Sorry. <laughs> So uh, now we see Data playing in a haystack with Fartim and his friends, which is a real convenient, discreet place to be with children. Mm, yes. When Dr. Crusher calls for him, uh, he tells them, I have to go home now. <laughs> and joining his command crew, Picard signals to the Enterprise, and he, Commander Riker, and Lieutenant Commander Data, Geordi LaForge, Dr. Crusher, Counselor Troy, and Worf beam off of the planet. But right before they leave, Fartim tells Data, to remember, he has to have a little bit of fun every single day. I don't know what fun is. <laughs> it's like, well, we uh, reprogram you to where you die if you don't have fun. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, Mr. Data. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Enterprise makes its way back through the Briar Patch and back into the expanse of space. Roll credits. Yeehaw. Uh, first off, the fact that they didn't end this movie with like a engage or something like that yeah. sucked. Yeah. The fact that he, the fact that like the last line in the film is something like uh seven to beam up or something mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> like the, the, you need something iconic, like something like bombastic to end the movie on. And they didn't, which mm-hmm. I didn't like at all. But what do you think of the film? It was an okay two-parter episode, like a yeah. like a standalone that's not part of the main narrative. <laughs> because no, like, because like yeah, it's very odd that yeah they're in the midst of the final you know stages of the Dominion War. Shit's yep. shit's also going down on Earth. The change there's changelings that like took took hold of some major key. Yes, pick- you're right. Like, Actually, I didn't think of yeah. You're right, and I totally forgot about the yeah the Earth. Yeah, like actually, yeah. like if like Doherty had been revealed to be a changeling. That would have been fucking cool. Yeah, because like, because then what better way to like uh, destroy faith in the Federation and have them do this fucking bullshit? Yeah, right. And uh, and then like you know he's actually trying to sabotage the uh, sabotage the Federation with with doing this. Kind that of shit. would have too much information about DS Nine in there, and that would it's intrigue true. too many fans to watch the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know that's a problem. Yeah, they they didn't want it to have any. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild how they decided to have like a complete blackout of all DS Nine related material. But, I mean, except besides besides referencing that 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 there the Dominion is Dominion War, yeah. yeah, several times, and like yeah, it it just it's super weird, and it's also weird to me too that at this <laughs> point, like the Romulans have allied themselves with Starfleet. However, mm-hmm. uh, fucking uh, Admiral Doherty refers to them as thugs. Well, I'm sure, like, there's still, like, I mean, he's an old guy, so I'm sure that he still has some sort of, like, prejudices. Yeah, and yeah still, it, it, it just doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't. Like, uh, narrative-wise, it's just like, eh. Uh, he's like, you know, we're just talking amongst boys, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't like those Romulans. Like, he could have he, he straight up said anything else besides fucking Romulans. He could have been, like, Orions, like, uh, getting, you know, mm-hmm. warp 
capability is turn Orion thugs into pirates of the universe or something. Yeah, like. yeah. What are they going to do to keep the Orions out of this? Like yeah. Orions are going to hear about this shit, but mm-hmm. but also TNG doesn't acknowledge that the Orions even exist. So that's true. Which is a weird <laughs> thing to me. Like, so I don't. Are there any Orions in TNG, Voyager, or DS9? I don't think so. I don't think so either, which I find strange because it's like such an easy thing to do, and maybe they didn't do it because it looks cheap. Yeah. But like the cheapness is kind of charming in my opinion. I, I mean, know. I would have loved it if they had just painted the the uh, ba- Baku yeah. um, a different color. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, I just, mean, but, you know, they were pro- Michael Westmore is probably like, no, everything needs to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything needs to look as boring as humanly possible. Uh, yeah. Um, so what, what would you give it out of a 10? You know what? Like, I originally had... Um, lot of prejudice against this film mm. and you know re-watching it i'm like you know what it actually stands on its own like i would give it a good six out of ten probably like yeah, i yeah. mean it's it's a good star trek story it's not too cringy with the action picard stuff sure, sure. like um like he does do action picard shit not, and I, I feel like not as much as first contact though. yeah not as much because he because de- like they take it back to what first contact was originally going to be with like with Picard doing like the you know the the cool the diplomacy the diplomacy shit, shit yeah. which which we expect out of Picard and he mm-hmm. did do some good space lawyering law- yeah. lawyering mm-hmm. in this and it was it was pretty good like you know his whole the whole like conversation between him and Doherty about the ethics of what the, what's going on and like mm-hmm. and the ideals of Starfleet was excellent yeah like 100%. when he's talking to Gelatin you know about yeah. you know and and winning gelatin to the side to their side was good. Yeah. Although I I would say there aren't any iconic speeches in this film, which is no. a detriment because like not like first not contact, like first contact yeah. yeah first contact you have two crazy good speeches you have the mm-hmm. the we don't have money anymore speech and the line is drawn here speech yeah both of which are fucking iconic and memes in themselves yes one thing I think like a big problem with insurrection is it's not memeable no I mean. I take that back. I, I could meme it and I will meme it. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we'll see how memeable this motherfucker can be. Cause yeah. I can, I can make a star Trek meme out of fucking anything. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's one of the things I do now is like, I, I feel like I got to a certain place with star Trek memes to where I was just doing so much original work that I'm like, I need to like take a step back from this and like see things from a different perspective. So a lot of the memes I make now I will go onto r slash memes or r slash funny memes on Reddit Mm -hmm. and literally find the worst and dumbest (laughs) possible meme I can find Mm -hmm. and make it a good Star Trek meme. Mm. It's, it's a new challenge that I've, I've created for myself. I'm like, so I'll find something that's just like inherently dumb and misogynistic. I'm like, how can I just make this about how Kirk's an asshole and <laughs> stuff like that? And so it's, it's great. But, um, yeah, yeah, I do feel like, yeah, like, uh, Bill Maher, Salieri is, is, yeah. is leaning himself towards hundred percent for meme potential. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, and also I, and I, I think another, I think one thing that they didn't do well, like they should, that they should have done mm-hmm. is, you know, F. Murray Abraham's an excellent actor. Amazing. And he, like, if he had some sort of more, like, and also, they had the same thing with, like, uh, Malcolm McDowell Generations. They should have used him more. And, like, in the fact that, like, both, like, Malcolm McDowell and F. Murray Abraham are very intense, intelligent, mm-hmm. like, actors. And, like, they, and, like, they could have really just played, like, a more, like, intellectual, like, psychological villain so, that would have been 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 like a been like a uh, a challenge to Picard's like ideals and ethics and in some other way and like and, right 
And so, so like, yeah, the thing that makes like Khan such a great villain mm-hmm. is like it's several tiered. Not only is he like stronger and smarter than Kirk, who's his adversary. Yeah. Like Kirk has done wrong by him and he's done wrong by Kirk. Mm-hmm. So they actually have like a, a contention that makes sense. Mm-hmm. A thing that really sucks about Insurrection is we don't know anything about the Sona before this movie or after this movie. No. This is like the only like storyline that actually has them. And I mean, for obvious reasons, I guess. And we've done, and we've done like this sort of like, you know, they're the same species type yeah. thing so many times in like T and like in Star Trek. But in, in this, this film suffers from the exact opposite problem of nemesis. Mm-hmm. Nemesis was too important, too impactful. The stakes were too high and they impacted everything down the line way too much. Mm-hmm. This movie had no impact. Yeah. Nothing mattered. Mm hmm. And the, you can take this out of canon, like remove this film entirely, and nothing changes with the TNG anybody. Yeah, I'd more or less forgotten most of, most of it, and re- watching it, like I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, I didn't really need any of this information. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, this is like it, it is a complete standalone film. And you know, maybe maybe that's what they do with Picard season three. Is maybe mm-hmm. fucking uh, what's her face plumber. Yeah. Amanda Plummer is like F. Murray Abraham's daughter or something. Yeah, could be. I mean, they ca- they can still rectify the story and make it interesting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, retroactively. But this story in and of itself is fine. It's a good long episode. You're right. Mm-hmm. But it fails as a Star Trek movie, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it would have been better. Yeah, better used as a two-parter because it would have been fascinating for that and – little else i mean it, it would have like punched it up if data had died yeah it would have made sense right, right. We would, we'd have had like the emotional connection with mm-hmm. him like you know uh building a rapport with this with this kid and yep. like and sort of like spending his last moments like almost like seeing through the eyes of a child yeah you know and then like and kind of like um you know kind of getting in touch with his humanity and then like heroically sacrificing himself Possibly for the kid, mm-hmm. and the kid like could have had like you know cried and done all that yeah. shit, and it would have it would have like you know done a little something like. And then, oh, and then how about this? At the very end, the kid like his parents die through this thing or somehow, and then at the very end, he's like, uh, "Can I come on your ship?" And then he mm-hmm. decides to be part of the crew, and then and then there's an actor who you can continue the series with, do different things with. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, did but, the, oh yeah. Oh, just saying, like, he could have done, like, been, like, I will dedicate myself to Starfleet and been yeah. a less annoying Wesley Crusher. Right, but but, but <laughs> really, that's the problem, though, is, like, I mean, this this film doesn't have any impact on anything. It mm-hmm. never gets mentioned again. None of the characters in this film ever get mentioned again. No. It's, it's like, it's just like an episode. Like, it yeah. resets by Worf the next back, movie. Worf goes back to DS9. And, and then comes like, back for the next film. And, like, it's, the whole, D- D- Deep Space Nine's on fucking fire, and they're just like, where the fuck were you? Yeah. Oh, I was uh, helping out a bunch of Californians. Uh, Literally, <laughs> you just killed Gowron, and you left. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? We haven't really talked about your wife dying, you know? Do you want to talk about that? I tried. <laughs> I, I tried to fuck Esri. <laughs> I tried talking to Deanna, and she wouldn't listen to me. She she was too busy horny. She was too busy shaving Riker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, all that aside, um, it's still. I'd say I put it somewhere in the middle, maybe lower middle of all Trek films. Yeah, like it's definitely better than Generations. Yeah, yeah, it's better than Generations. Mm-hmm. It's lower stakes than Generations, and, and they're less, almost but... almost kind of the same movie. Just like you know, the like the. 
you know, the death of the villain and stuff like that. And yeah, like, I mean, they were super low stakes and they were just like out of the universe and like really didn't matter. Like yeah. ultimately, like, yeah, I guess uh, Kirk dying mattered in a way, but like he was already written off in Star Trek six. That was a good send off for him mm-hmm. already. Like we didn't need that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one is just like me and yeah, so I'd give it, I, I agree with you. A six out of 10 is about right. It's competently made competently enough directed, but it's worse in almost every respect than, than first contact. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah we could, and it, the new characters it does introduce are are very forgettable. Well, and they're inconsequential. We never see them ever again. They're never mentioned again. Yeah, like so, Lily, even though she's just like a one episode uh, uh, character for yeah. First Contact. Yeah, awesome acting. Yeah, and but it also very, makes sense why we never see her. Here yeah, from her yeah, again it's, it's because good. she stays in the past. Yeah, it's good. It's good. To, it's good that she is just like a one a one and done, mm-hmm. and it's just like, but she's like, so, but excellent actress. Yeah, and, we love CCH did, Pounder and, and did <laughs> did a great job in that and and Anish or whatever her name is like you know it's like whatever. Yeah, she's she's just there to be a love interest <laughs> for Picard. She's just kind of on Ambien the entire time. Yeah, she's <laughs> uh, she's zanned out like Kamala Harris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this one. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's good if you probably You're a completionist. Yeah, and if you had watched it, you know, like I did, like pretty young, and then just kind of forgot about it, and then revisit it, it's cool to revisit. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad Star Trek film. It's mm-hmm. not a great Star Trek film. You know? No, there's o- there's only one good TNG. The special film. effects are are pretty much t- less than TV series. <laughs> like, yeah, they're they're on par at times with fucking DS Nine or below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like Voyager, earlier Voyager. Mm-hmm. They're not wonderful a lot of the time and there is some like a little bit of like stupid plot holes you're just like huh there's a lot of stupid plot holes now that we talked about it yeah like i would have i would have definitely liked yeah what it would have excelled better i think if like we had more f murray abraham and yeah more data dine yeah a lot more data dine a lot more data dine just let let the let the man have his wish like he asked to be killed in this film and they're like no Mm -hmm. which is just not cool. No. <laughs> and needed more Salieri type, like conniving and just being like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like fucking, yeah. Like they really didn't use F Murray Abraham how they ought to have. No. Cause and like they, Amadeus, he is like transcendent. And he how- he's, he's not even a villain or anything. Yeah. He's not, I mean, he's, te- he's the protagonist of the film, mm-hmm. but he's like so greasy and smarmy and you like dislike him, but he's so, magnetic to watch yeah and i love the end when he's just like recount fi- finishes recounting his tale to the priest and the mm. priest is just like <laughs> like, okay. like just, just like uh, just like just like defeated just like couldn't believe like this like the sins this man's committed and yeah. he's just like <laughs> it's incredible it's, I don't know. it's it's fantastic yeah so um you know uh i guess that's the point of this whole cast is we would both highly recommend Amadeus. Yes. <laughs> by uh, Milos Forman. Yep. Milos Forman. Yeah. 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 He did an excellent job in that movie. Fucking incredible work. Yeah. Like probably honestly, in my opinion, maybe the best period piece ever made. Yeah. I would say so. It's, yeah, it's, now that it's, really, I think fa- about it's it. really fascinating. Like uh, mm. about, you know, you know, sort of like an elevated history, but it's yeah. Also maybe, maybe the, Film from the 80s that is held up the best. 
It it looks beautiful. I, it's I, incredible. I, I rewatch it every once in a while, and mm-hmm. I think I rewatched it like maybe like last year or some point. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I, oh. yeah, I I put it up there with like maybe The Shining in like mm-hmm. longevity and just like permanence of mm-hmm. of just incredible filmmaking. Yeah, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend Amadeus. <laughs> highly recommend. Go watch Amadeus. Mm-hmm. Let's get some good F. Murray Abraham and the latest season of White Lotus. That's pretty good too. It has F. Murray Abraham. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he he does he does a really great job in that. That, that motherfucker is like eighty three years old, mm-hmm. and he looks fantastic. Like he just looks incredible. Like I, I want I want F. Murray Abraham to to just be in everything now. <laughs> Hell yeah, we love that. Well, mm-hmm. looks like my internet's out. That's weird. Oh, that's fun. That's a super fun in the sun. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's our episode, I guess. Yeah. So with that, Captain's Log. Well, Soyagers, that's it. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe, and go watch Amadeus. Yeah. Rock me, Amadeus. Thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 Come and wreck me, Amadeus. Rock me, Amadeus. Upon a superstar, I'm popular. I don't want to sit on a because I have Zion Flair. I'm